Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast and the Class. Breakfast and the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Ms. Lily Safra Leah, Shalom Lunishmat Leah Batchana. Her philanthropy has reached and continues to reach so many throughout the entire world. Uh, also dedicated to commemorate the Askarav Moshe Haddad, Shalom, Moshe Ben Polisa, uh, Corey's grandfather, sponsored by Corey Ajmi. Sorry? No, I have a whole bunch of back ones. You kidding me? Uh, don't worry, you're on, the, you're on for the ride. Um, also dedicated for the speedy and complete for Ashnamal Khana Batsima Fega, sponsored by Eliana and, and Arya Hurizadeh. Hazaku Baruch. Dedicating gratitude to Hashem, sponsored anonymously. That's a beautiful one. But the problem is, if you dedicate it in honor of Hashem, you can't do it anonymously. He knows who you are. Dedicated by Mauricio and Laura Sion. For, for Rabbi Fahi, his wife and family, may all of you see Be'achot Hatzlaha, Rifu'an Bisorot Ovot, may all your tefillot be answered. Gorgeous, thank you so much. Breakfast in the class also dedicated um, in, uh, in loving memory, Lunishmat, Ariel Ben David and Amane, Allah Shalom from Sheba Barzilai, and dedicated for a speedy and complete Rifu'an of our Rabbani Chana, Farchi Chana Batsima Fega. Please make berachot for refuah. And also dedicated for a speedy and complete refuah shnema for Rabbi Eli Abadi, Eliyahu Shimon Ben Mazal Fortune. Uh, please make berachot for his refuah. The entire community has been praying um, for, uh, for him, for Rabbi Abadi, and as well in the Beta Knesset, uh, the, all the special tefillot that are happening here. Much of the Bet Knesset's uh, success is built on all the efforts that he put on put into building the Beit HaKesan and building the community. So, Bezat uh, Hashem, these zikhuyot should stand him now uh, for in, the, in the best of ways, and he should have a complete refuah uh, and return to his family stronger and healthier than ever before. Amen. Amen. My friends, and Yitro hears. That's what the Pasuk says. And Yitro hears. And it's an interesting thing. Because the Pasuk tells us only that Yitro hears. That's the only thing that happens in Yitro's transformation. The only thing that happens is he hears. And I want to uh, just kind of descend into this for a few minutes with everybody here today. What does it mean, Vayishma Yitro and Kohen Midian? And Yitro, the Kohen Midian, Choten Moshe, hears everything that happened to the Jewish people. What does that mean? And our rabbis communicate something very, very beautiful. Later on in the Torah, we read about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu begs Yitro to stay with the Jewish people. He says, please, stay with us. And you will be for us like eyes. Right? He's not saying like the Arabic saying, Ya'ani. That's not what he's saying. He's telling him, we need you as eyes. Why? You're the only person here that comes from a completely outsider perspective. Um, and we need you to be able to set us straight when we're doing things maybe that are not exactly the way they need to be done. Amongst many other interpretations. However, I want to point out one thing. We mention over here that Yitro is Kohen Midian. He comes as a priest, a high priest from Midian. Why is that important? In fact, I don't know, I think if I was a convert to Judaism, and I used to be the pastor of an uh, Episcopalian church. I don't think I want that in the end of my resume. That doesn't work good for shiduchim for the kids. That doesn't get your kids into the right Jewish schools. Where were you? I was the bishop of uh, St. Francis. No one cares. After you make the, the Gerut transition, 
No one wants to know that you used to work for another, for another God, right? That's not something you really want to throw around. So why is it that we're hearing this over here? By Yishma Yitro, Kohen Midian, Choten Moshe, the father-in-law of Moshe. Everything that happened to the Jewish people. And the answer, my friends, uh, is suggested, is a beautiful, beautiful answer to this question. The Gemara in Yevamot says, En mitkavlim gerim, we don't accept converts to the Jewish nation in a time in history where things are going well for the Jews. Did you know that? You can only join when it stinks to be a Jew. Yeah, you know, you know the big poster outside during the Inquisition. Guys, come one, come all. Who wants to come to join the Jewish people during the Holocaust, during the Inquisition? Who wants that? But the Gemara is telling us explicitly. And what is the, what's the idea that's brought? If you take a look, you find the Pasuk says in the Megillah, And many of the people of the lands, Mityahadim, were becoming Jewish. Because the Pahdan, the fear of the Jewish people fell alehem upon them. Now let me ask you, if a person is converting to Judaism because the fear of the Jewish people is upon them, what do you know? That their conversion is not of their own free will. It's not, well, I don't know if it's not sincere, it's sincerely because of fear. <laughs> right? But it's not because they want to join the Jewish people. It's not because they want to keep the mitzvot. It's not because they want to serve God. It's because they know that there's a declaration out there that says that the Jewish people are allowed to go to war and take revenge against all those that were anti-Semitic towards them, that didn't behave nicely. So all of a sudden you have mass, you know, all of a sudden the Beit Din is flooded with requests for conversions. The Gemara gives another example. When else do we have a time when they did not accept Gerim? When else? The Gemara says, in the days of Shilomo HaMelech. Time Shilomo HaMelech, the Jewish people were rolling. Everything's going really well. Everything's fantastic. So when everybody wants to be a Jew, we don't want you to join. Because you know what? It's not sincere. However, if a person comes along during a time which is not uh, the Jewish people's highlight times, of course the halakha is, that's when the mitzvah of the Torah is not only if a person does conversion uh, to accept him, but also to, uh, to not remind him where he's come from, to not... So if there's a mitzvah to not remind a ger of his past, I don't know if you know, there was a speaker, I remember a while ago, um, and uh, he, he, uh, he's a, a speaker, and he converted to Judaism. So when he came to this convention, so he said, you know, I think I'm going to speak about uh, something or other. They're like, no, no, we want you to tell your story of, uh, of converting to Judaism. The rabbi said, you know, you just broke a mitzvah in the Torah. He said, what do you mean? They said, you just reminded a ger, someone who's converted, about the fact that he was once not Jewish. Now let to do that. So how does the Torah say, And the answer is, my friends, because since this period was a time when the Jewish people were riding high, so therefore, we doubt the sincerity of the people who want to join. What, things are not going well for you? You know, you want to join the Jewish people's parade? No, thank you. My friend says the Pasuk, 
Kohen Midyan, this guy has it made. This guy is doing really well. He's the Archbishop of Midyan. He's perfectly fine. He doesn't need anything. A person like that will accept even in the best of times. There's a question that's asked if we don't take Gerim during the time of Shilomo HaMelech, how do we know that Shilomo HaMelech married Bat Paro, the daughter of Paro? How is he allowed to do that? So the normal answer would be she converted, but they didn't accept Gerim during his time. So my answer always, before I studied, was, you know what? She must have converted before he gained king. But that's not, not, that comes from a place of a lack of knowledge. Because Shilomo HaMelech becomes a king before his bar mitzvah. So unless he was married at 10, okay, she didn't convert before he became the king. The answer, my friends, is that it's specifically because she was Batparo that they accepted her. We don't take people because things are going well. We're worried that your reasoning is because things are not going well for you. But if you're Batparo, you have it made, right? You can walk like an Egyptian. You can talk like an Egyptian. You do whatever you want, okay? My friends, why am I sharing this with you? I, I want to drive home a, a beautiful point. You know, someone comes to give you business advice when, you know, you've knocked it out of the park with every deal that you've made. The guy walks into your office and says, listen, I want to give you some advice. I've been in the business 40 years. You're a young, you're a young gun. You're a young stallion. You're out there doing, you know, doing your thing, making it happen. Listen, trust me. Don't over leverage. Don't do this. How much are you going to listen to the guy when you're hitting home runs? You tell him, thank you so much. I appreciate your advice. You say it with as much sketch humility as you have in you. And you think to yourself in the back of your mind, when I'm in the business 40 years, I'm going to be 50 times more successful than you are right now. So your advice, you can keep to yourself, thank you very much. Where were you at 30? That's what young, arrogant people who happen to be blessed by God with success at a young age of business think to themselves about businessmen who've been doing this since they were in diapers. Now, by the way, you're not more successful in business because you made more money. You're not a more successful businessman. You're not a more successful entrepreneur. It happens to be that the product that you're selling at this particular moment is a hotter product. But this guy sold the heck out of undershirts. He's 10 times the salesman that you are. He's 10 times the administrator that you are. He's 10 times the leader that you are. Happens to be that you happen to be sitting on a treasure trove of masks when Fauci took uh, the reins. Okay? Hazaku Baruch. You know, selling masks during COVID does not make you a successful businessman. Everybody wanted what you had in that exact moment. Mishaberach. Okay? So, imagine you're sitting there in your office, a guy comes to give you advice, you don't want to hear nothing. I'm very sick, I'm, I'm good. What happens, the first business deal you make that fails spectacularly. And now you have debtors chasing you, and then all of a sudden this guy pulls you over, and he says, listen, I've been doing this 40 years. I have a piece of advice to you. What happens now? I'm all ears. You got me? Now, I'm all ears. You know what makes you trust so great? It's that unlike the other people trying to join the Jews 
at their high point. Yitro had no reason. He had no reason to listen. He was doing just fine, thank you very much. But he listened anyway. And how much did he listen? He listened in a way where it changed his entire life. My friends, I want to talk for a minute about that. About what this means to have the capacity for transformative listening. What does that mean? Oftentimes, we listen to something, but we keep it on the external. We keep it outside. Have you ever had some, a moment where your wife yelled at you, or your husband yelled at you, someone tells you something, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so smart. And your wife or your husband says, I told you that a hundred times. <laughs> Everybody, if you left, you had that moment. Every day. Every day. <laughs> okay? You got that? Every, you what? I told you a hundred times. What do you tell your wife? Yeah, but it was the way he said no. <laughs> you know what the real reason is? There comes a point in a person's life when they tune somebody, listen carefully, they tune somebody or something out, and it could be for specific things. Can I give you an example? You might have a kid that listens to everything his father says, except when his father says, go to shul. They respect their dad tremendously. They listen to any business advice that he had. But when it comes to matters of religion, they heard it up to here, now they shut them off. All of a sudden, the kid comes home, the rabbi said that if I pray, then I might have refuashi them out. You're like, are you kidding me? 40 years, every morning, I'm saying go to shul. Now the rabbi said it once, you're inspired? The answer is, Yitro is, in, 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 my, in my humble opinion, Yitro is in some ways the paradigm for uh, all of us to be able to have the humility to listen in a way where we're willing to change our ways even when our ways are working just fine. The old adage goes, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Can I just say, I just say, ask any financial advisor and they'll tell you that that's the worst possible advice. If I put my money in the bank, and let's say I have $10,000 in the bank, you know what, fantastic. I've never lost even one penny. It's not broke, don't fix it. Why should I make any investment? Why should I have a business? Why should I invest? Leave it, perfect, the bank, everything is exactly the same. You know what the answer to that is? My friends, the answer to that is if your money is in the bank and it's not going down, you're losing money. The numbers are the same, but there's this thing, it's very annoying. Unless you happen to try, unless you happen to be trying to have guests over for the weekend and you have plastic mattresses, there's an annoying thing called inflation. And inflation means that if your money is not growing at a certain percentage, you're losing money and you're gonna be bankrupt. Because your $10,000 doesn't buy what it used to, and it's just slow, slowly shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. You have to at least beat inflation just to stay with your nose above the water. Is this clear to everybody? Judaism, spirituality is like that. If you stayed the same, you're drowning. You don't notice it, because the zeros are there. 
but you're drowning. You're stagnating. Your prayers, which once were full of energy and enthusiasm, now you're dialing them in. By the way, you might be amazing at dialing them in every day, but you're dialing them in. So if you've not brought something new to the game, then the game gets stale. Yitro is sitting at the top of the world, but he recognizes that there's something funny about the world. And there's something funny about sitting at the top of the world. And you know what that is? The world turns. And the fact that you're sitting on the top means that very soon, unless I make sure that I'm running with the world that's turning, my top of the world state is going to mean bottom of the world. That's why Yitro is so powerful. That's why Moshe Rabenu says to Yitro, Dachilak, you have something that none of us have. And I always thought to myself, really? Yitro is so special? He has something that no other Jew could have fulfilled? Moshe needs to beg him to stay with the Jewish people? What does he have that no one else has? You know what the answer is? Every single one of the Jewish people, every single one of them, had something in common. And what was that? They listened to God when they were slaves, suffering, tortured in Egypt. And I thought to myself, he's not even the only convert. What's so special about Yitro? You have thousands of converts. You know what they're called? Erevrav. The mixed, the large multitudes. You know what the answer to that is? They also were listening under duress. Because when God was punishing the Egyptians, that's when they tried to join the Jews. They joined for the free upgrade. That's why anyone gets any sort of credit card that has an airline logo on it. <laughs> they joined for the free upgrade. My friends, Yitro is the one person. He don't live in Egypt. He lives out in Midian. How's it going? Thank you very much. Just fine. But he heard the truth. And the truth is true, even if you don't need it to be true, even if you don't want it to be true. The truth, like uh, Ben Shapiro says, doesn't care about your feelings. It is. Once he understood, once Yitro understood that this was Emet, he felt he had no choice but to make it right. This is the right thing. Don't ask what's convenient. Don't ask what's easy. Don't ask what's going to be good for me. Ask what's the right thing to do. That made Yitro a, a, a pair of eyes for the Jewish people that was unmatched. Because the Jewish people had learned how to listen to God when things were bad. And unfortunately, so much of Jewish history has been about listening to God when things are bad trying to climb back into his good graces. But so often as the Pasuk says, Vayishman Yishurun Vayivat. And Yishurun, and, uh, uh, a descriptive, descriptive terminology for the Jewish people. The Jewish people got fat, Vayivat, and they kicked God away. And I always thought to myself, it's such a shame, this cycle that we have, where we listen, we climb out of a hole, we get to the top, and then we get fat, and we kick Hashem away, and then we fall again, and then what happens, we need to call out to God and to get back to that top again. And I think to myself, what a shame it is that Vayishma is so close to Vayishman. 
Vayishma means to listen. Vayishma means to grow fat. One precipitates a fall and one precipitates a rise. And we get to choose which one we're going to choose, either the Vayishma or the Vayishman. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu says to Yitro, Vehayita lanu la'inayim. Because they have a choice, Vayishma or Vayishman. What's the difference? One has an ayin, one has a noon. Moshe Rabbeinu says to Yitro, you being with us will remind us, Vehayita lanu la'inayim, for an ayin, that every person should choose to listen, instead of choosing the noon to get fat. Tell a story about a guy in Israel, uh, you know, secular guy, not religious, no kippah, very anti this, that, the other. One day, Shabbat afternoon, they see this guy brazen in front of everybody, climbs a fence, walks into somebody's private field, climbs a tree, starts picking off in the tree branches, picking off a fruit, he leans back, he's peeling the fruit, he's eating the fruit on Shabbat. Anyway, someone comes by and they say to him, Rohi, Look, you know, religious coercion, fine. You're here in a Jew, religious guy's uh, orchard. You climb the fence. You're not allowed to climb the tree on Shabbat. You can't pick the fruit. You're stealing the guy's fruit. Anyway, the guy smiles, a big smile on his face. He says, he goes, No place on earth like Israel. You sit back, you can relax. You have a nice fruit. And not only that, you also get some divrei Torah. <laughs> yeah, and he breakfast in the class. <laughs> That's why Yishman Yishurun Vayivat. God gave you Eretz Israel. He gave you the freedom to be whatever you want to be. He gave you the freedom, by the way, also, not just to not be forced to be Christian, Muslim, whatever. He also gave you the freedom not to be Jewish or not to act Jewish. He gave you that freedom. And what are we doing with this found freedom? We're kicking God out of our lives. Is that not, is that not uh, a proof that we need a Yitro? I think before we need a Mashiach, we need a Yitro. We need someone to come along and to shake the Jewish people and say, listen, I had it all, and I came here, because you know what? I have it all, and you guys have more. With your anti-Semitism, with your persecution, with everything that goes against the Jews, I had it all, but you had more. That's what Yitro teaches uh, the Jewish people, and we need those eyes now more than ever before. And you know something? When secular Jews or non-Jewish people see a guy uh, straggling, holes in his clothes, he's going to pray, they think this guy's got a lot to pray for. They see a guy pull up in his, uh, you know, with his driver in front of the shul. They see a guy get out dressed impeccably, walks into the synagogue. They see a guy who's doing very well for themselves. And he's praying, and he's learning, and he's doing mitzvot. That's when they think to themselves, wow, this is not a guy who does this out of desperation. This is a guy who has it all but recognizes that without his faith, he has nothing. My friends, when you have it going well, and you do the right thing, it's Kiddush Hashem to the max. 
It teaches people lessons in some ways that a rabbi could never teach. And that's when rabbis suffer from it. A businessman gets up in front of the students in school and he's like, listen guys, you gotta be honest, you gotta be this. The kid's like, wow, changed my life. I was like, literally, I said everything he said a hundred times. They're like, yeah, but you're a rabbi. I was like, <laughs> my friends, what goes around comes around. It's Hashem's nekama for me for saying it to my wife. <laughs> Hashem should bless us all. Not only, like we say, a mekayem person that's mekayem Torah, me'oni, he's mekayem Torah in the, bad, in the worst of times. So for mekayem me'osher, in the end they'll be able to keep it uh, in, uh, in, in, in the best of times. And bar menan, a person who does not keep the Torah me'osher, he doesn't keep it in the best of times, by yishman yishurun, then he, he, he merits to not keep the Torah in the worst of times. Hashem should bless us to find a vayishma, so we don't get to where Vayishman. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.